When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No credentials. Reviewing Rolling Stone 500. Greatest album. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted, I didn't want to miss the I thing. Miss this. The, <laughs> sorry. There's like, <laughs> there's like, there's like three, at least three songs. There's, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Sound Logic Podcast. Today we are discussing album number 88 from the 2020 Rolling Stone Greatest Albums of All Time list. This is Hunky Dory by David Robert Jones, otherwise known as David Bowie. And it still blows my mind that he changed his name because the monkeys were too popular and they already had a, a Davy Jones. <laughs> if, if only they could. Not that the monkeys are not great or popular, but I think that for longevity, Bowie certainly uh, out, outlived. Yeah. Uh, they're not. Sorry. This is all going very badly the way I'm saying this. <laughs> In terms of, of continuing the music, uh, I think his career was a little more. Uh, his catalog was a little bigger. Anyways, Absolutely. I'm going to move on before I say anything that could be construed in any way negatively about the monkeys. That's not Should we get into some details? Well, and and just, um, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about Bowie again. I think this is the third album we've done. And certainly after the switch from the 2012 list to 2020 list, we've gone through some changes. Ooh, nice. Is that good? Should we keep that in? I, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, don't cut that. That's a good one. Um, but as you just heard, that is the opening track to this song. Uh, so yeah, you're right, Ben. We should do some details now. Details, 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 details. Anki Dory, uh, David Bowie's fourth studio album, was released December 17th, uh, day before my birthday. But nine 11 years before in 1971 yeah <laughs> wasn't around yet um uh all tracks written by david bowie except fill your heart written by biff rose and paul williams um the, the charting position is very interesting because it charted number three but not when it came out when it came out when it was released yeah. it didn't chart yeah and it didn't chart until he released uh the ziggy stardust album that when exploded. that album came out and it was so big, people went back and started buying <laughs> his back catalog and this album in particular so much that it charted then, which is like... That's amazing. It doesn't happen a whole lot. Sometimes you'll see sales go up a bit, but that it actually charts and that it charts for the first time. Really, really interesting. Um, so, yeah, it sold... What's it? I have it here. 5,000 copies in the first quarter. Like, that's not... Not so good. So Especially good. for an artist that we now think was just popular all the always. time. Right. <laughs> and uh, on his 
second album, I believe, Space Oddity, you know, was a huge hit. And then, you know, The Man Who Sold the World was after that, I think. Um, anyways. Uh, so mid-72, this album starts getting popular. Uh, be- not as popular as Ziggy, but popular. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple notes here. Um, so after his 1970 album, The Man Who Sold the World, I believe was his third album, uh, Bowie took some time off from recording and touring, settled down to write new songs, composing on piano rather than guitar, as on earlier tracks. I'm going to make some comments on that later, but you can hear that on this album for sure. You think so? That piano-driven kind of rather absolutely. than the... Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I And I'll comment again later, but and a big switch then again back to the next album <laughs> yeah Ziggy, which is very guitar driven mm-hmm. electric guitar driven um compared to the guitar driven hard rock sound of the man who sold the world bowie opted for a warmer more melodic piano-based pop rock and art pop style and hunky dory totally agree um you feel that right away mm-hmm. uh upon release hunky dory and its lead single changes received little promotion from rca who were wary that Bowie would transform his image shortly. I'm not sure exactly what that means. <laughs> I think just uh, watching him, like, almost have these multiple personalities and knowing, mm-hmm. like, how do we even promote a guy who in six months is going to be totally different? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's funny I, I, to think about now, but like the fatigue, I guess, of, like, uh, someone constantly reinventing themselves probably does make it a challenge to promote it. <laughs> well... Even just if you look at his album covers. Yeah. And I think that became a bit of his calling card. If you look at that, right. you can see that, let alone, you know, working with the guy and being around him and his his personality and his image and his and his musical mm-hmm. and, and that might be what they're here. But um yeah, the first the first album you get a very much almost like a rolling stones or monkeys hairdo then you get the kind of wild crazy curly hair on this (laughs) space oddity then on man who sold the world on one of the alternate covers he's lying like reclining on a couch with this long beautiful hair um and and wearing what looks like a dress or kimono or something like a jumper kind of thing yeah then to this hunky door with this long you know colorized blonde hair um looking more and more kind of androgynous mm-hmm. um, as he goes and doing I would, that. I would dare to say even feminine. More feminine. Uh, I, yeah. I think certainly in The Man Who Sold. This one, I think you could you could argue in a few different ways. Either, yeah, more feminine. I think maybe you're, you're more right there. But certainly bending those gender lines as he, he did famously throughout his career and his early career. Um, and, you know, lyrically we talked about that on the Ziggy album where he talks about that a lot um anyways uh yeah really really interesting and talking about singles there are only two singles um changes and then uh is your life on mars life on mars yeah life on mars the second single so question mark yeah life on mars life on mars question mark <laughs> that's right um i i want to mention two uh, at least one of the musicians who joined here, um, because I don't recognize all the names, but one, and this again, we'll we'll talk about the the piano. So David Bowie, um, as you said, was composing on piano, but I, like many 
composers uh, they will get other musicians to come in and play those parts they write because they're just more skilled maybe yeah. than than the composer themselves. So the name here is uh, Rick Wakeman. I don't know if that's a name you're familiar with, Ben. I don't think so, but I am because uh, I don't think at this time, but shortly after this, he became and still is the keyboard player for Yes. Oh, um, and he was not. I don't believe he was in the first iteration of the band. The band is a, that's a band that changed personnel quite regularly. Okay, uh, but one of their more uh, consistent and famous uh, structures, compositions of the band would have Rick Wakeman. He's hmm. known if you Google a picture of him, Ben. He's known as being on stage. He's like six four, long blonde hair, and wears hmm. a giant bejeweled robe, like a r- wizard's robe. And at one point he had a keyboard that was like a total circle, like a donut around him. Very seventies <laughs> space agey kind of thing. Um, sure. And you hear this beautiful piano playing on the album. And a lot of that is him. Um, so this, I think would have been just before, I think this was probably one of the last things and maybe one of the things that uh, opened the eyes and ears of other people in the industry mm. that he would join. Mm. Yes. Now, yes might have been maybe their third or fourth album don't quote me on that i didn't look it up that he joined i always thought he was one of the originals but he wasn't uh anyways so rick wakeman um along with a few other players not too many other than david bowie you know another four or five people on the album pretty tight-knit um anyways i think that's that's about it for notes as we mentioned you know no no awards no no accolades really um uh because initially it did it really didn't do well it wasn't until later that people went back to it and went, oh this is good and you got it we've talked about this before when you don't have your record label behind you yeah um it's really hard to yeah. be noticed you know you even need, with credentials yes yes absolutely <laughs> you need you need that a marketing power that the record label holds to promote your album even if mm-hmm. you're famous especially before the internet well, now with the internet you know it'll spread with word of mouth it'll spread with people sharing you know the the, the music on youtube or tiktok or whatever it'll get out yeah. there if people really yeah. like it back then that wasn't the case if they weren't playing it on the radio if there weren't ads you know on billboards or in newspapers or magazines uh then people aren't going to know oh, about it necessarily. Get the stuff, squeaky toy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Get out of here, <laughs> Pepper. Um, do you want to move on to the artwork? Yeah, this artwork is something else, isn't it? Um, it's interesting. Like, uh, Very interesting. You just don't. I mean, I guess the one time where I think about male artists really striving to be more feminine is maybe in the glam rock uh, genre, but. Sure. Usually there's like a, a leaning towards being more uh more macho, more machismo in in the music industry. Right. And for someone to like sort of lean feminine or androgynous, as you mentioned, um, it's really fascinating. The the story goes that he was trying to mimic um uh Hollywood starlets from the golden era of mm-hmm. movies. Um and if you if you Google actresses of hollywood's golden era and click images you see these like glowy effervescent shimmery hair lots of blonde uh it's it's pretty it's pretty spot on um yeah if that's what what bowie was going for here uh 
really fascinating um, to intentionally do something like that. Um, I guess we usually describe it in a little bit more detail. You're pretty good at that. Do you want to you want to take a crack at this one? Sure, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> uh, best if you just look it up now mm -hmm. as you're listening. But um, it's it's a straight-on shot of Bowie's uh, face. Um, again, it's one of those ones that's almost got a bit of a, a black border of it, mm -hmm. but it's offset. <laughs> the image is, is kind of shifted down a bit. At the top, RCA in the left, Victor on the right. So that's the record label. Uh, top left in white, kind of stylized block capital uh but kind of small in white david bowie hunky dory and then it's this image of him and he's looking he's looking up uh just off to the left mm -hmm. you know at the sun or the light or whatever he's got his hands are kind of holding back his hair one kind of on the side of his head the other one behind his ear holding back his hair yeah. his blonde hair and the uh, the eyes the face very bright uh, glowing um, blue eyes, red red lips, whether it's lipsticks or, or not. Uh, can't really tell the, the clothing he's wearing, but you can't see much of it. But right. this photograph was taken in monochrome, so black and white, and then was recolored. So really, As they and, used to do yes, black and white images. Yes. And kind of like choppily done, right? It's not, it doesn't look great. It looks... Uh, like someone it, painted over a black yes. picture. <laughs> it looks re if you had said what does it what does a picture that's recolored look like? Uh, this is what it looks like. Yeah. Certainly back, you know, we have different technology now, but back yeah. then. Yeah. So that I think explains also the hair which is almost more of a yellow than yeah. what we would call blonde or golden, right? Which again is again in that style of this Hollywood golden era starlet yeah. style. Yeah. So you get these kind of colors that sort of pop on him. Um and and this very smooth glowing skin uh, mm -hmm. it's it's an interesting image to be sure um and again i i think we're more used to bowie we see images of him with maybe shorter hair yeah uh, the aladdin saying you know with the red hair and the lightning bolt is very very famous um and then of course in later years with you know either the short red hair from earthlings or, sure. or shorter blonde hair maybe almost like a mushroom cut or kind of this is a little different so um, absolutely it, it definitely without stating the obvious gives me that early bowie kind of look mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's i i didn't mean to do this to myself but you know, <laughs> sometimes when you see a picture a certain way and then you can't unsee it one of the that comes to mind for that is um uh, the Simon and Garfunkel album <laughs> that we saw. Where, Did I do uh, that to you? <laughs> Paul Simon's hair looks like a, a mustache on. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you hold Garfunkel, your thumb, yeah, hold your thumb closer to your face over Paul Simon's face. Yeah. Just like Art's got a big mustache. But for this one, though, uh -oh. <laughs> it, it looks like he's got his head tilted in a sort of like feminine, far off gaze. But sure, he's looking right at the font. With his oh. hand to his head, almost <laughs> like, like why did I choose that font? Why did I choose that <laughs> album title? Like, it almost looks like someone really <laughs> focused in on the text of the album, and I can't unsee that now. <laughs> yeah, did, um, does Hunky Dory even appear as a lyric on this album? Oh, that's a good question. We're not lyric first, guys. That's not a question We're not, that we like to ask. It's certainly not that usually, <laughs> usually an album title is either the name of the band or... A, the track of a track on the album, on the album. Yeah. or sometimes 
a lyric. Mm. We've had that, you know, think about Lance Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. That's a lyric in a song on the album. Uh, and that happens sometimes too, but not as common that you have uh, a name that's, that's not appears any. I guess maybe like a, I guess it does have, you know, who's next. I don't mm. think, uh, you know, stuff like that. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't think Hunky Dory is, appears as a lyric even. So, no. you know, it's an interesting kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know the etymology of the term. It, we know that it means kind of, okay. Everything's just fine. <laughs> Everything's yep. fine. Um, yep. So I don't know <laughs> kind of where that comes from. Yeah. But anyways. Huh. Um, and I know he went through many iterations of uh, substance abuse and hmm. really poor self-care. Like, wasn't there some diet that he had on one of the albums we looked at it was like red peppers and milk was the only thing he consumed during that yeah. time and a lot of hard drugs <laughs> so i don't yeah. know maybe he was feeling really good at this stage of his life i think that was later i think that was just before uh not low um station to station yes when uh he really kind of yeah hit. yeah and he was you know he was doing so much drugs and hardly eating yeah. anything it's not healthy at all this is much yep. certainly much much before that um but yeah that uh uh, yeah, hunky dory. Maybe just experiencing the, you know, the fame, yeah. the success that he had so far. Yep. Anyways, that's uh, that's the album cover. <laughs> it's been a little while since we've talked about tracks. Uh, it was one of our recent reviews where we were we were throwing back to an old album from the 2012 list where you actually named all the tracks. And yeah, I thought, man, we that, used to do that. That's uh, something we haven't done for quite a while. I am. I don't think we need to name all 11, although it's worth pointing out there's only 11 songs here. It's a right. pretty nice, neat, trim um, LP here with two sides, one with five and one with six songs, and it clocks in under 45 minutes. And this really warms my heart. Uh, the longest song is only five minutes, 22 seconds. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll uh, love that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no... There's no tracks that really get too carried away here, and uh, I don't know. There's something kind of nice about that, at least in my in my uh, deprived music mind, I guess. <laughs> um, let's talk about my train of thought, which is chew chewing all over my brain. Let's um, let's talk. You about wanted tracks. to say all the tracks, didn't you? <laughs> no, not really. No, I. It's kind of a tradition that I'm happy we don't do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, a couple quick notes before we get into the song. So. Um, a few there. Many of these songs are tributes to other people or bands. Yeah. So on side one, uh, track called "Kooks" is dedicated or about his his young son. Um, and then when you get to side two, three of the five songs are even titled for other people and inspired. So the uh, track, I guess, track eight, Andy Warhol obviously there song for bob dylan again and then um and listener as as with the other listener advisor the track called queen bitch um i listen to that and i go that sounds like something familiar what band is it and i'm trying to think of it and sure enough it was uh inspired and dedicated to the velvet underground um, and very much does sound like that really early, does. early punk rock um, that they kind of inspired all these yeah. bands to create. And this is yep. still 
I don't even know if punk rock was even a thing yet by name, although some of the bands who pioneered it were starting to come along. Uh, but this is still 71, so... Excuse me, really on here. But the other thing is... Uh, and when I think of that song and Life on Mars and a couple other ones, have you seen the movie? came out probably about 20 years ago called uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that because uh, I went down a rabbit trail last <laughs> week uh, uh, listening to that whole soundtrack, which is Bowie covers in... In Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah, right. Yeah. So... Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, it's a Wes Anderson movie, so buckle up. Uh, it's a little, a little, little different, a little quirky, yep. starring Bill Murray. And uh, I believe the gentleman who plays this other character, I think his name is So Seu So George, um, they're on an exploratory ship, uh, kind of like uh, Jacques Cousteau kind of thing. And throughout the movie, it often cuts to this guy playing acoustic songs on the boat as they're just, you know, just be a shot of him just playing a song as they're drifting along, um, playing acoustic covers, sang in Portuguese of Bowie songs. <laughs> and I believe you don't realize it until yeah. the melody really kicks in or right. the chorus arrives. Oh, yeah, that's a Bowie song. Because he's playing on like a classical, you know plastic string guitars yeah. and, and yeah. some of them are really really wonderful anyways i think life on mars i know queen bitch i think they do at the end maybe in english at the end of the movie as they're walking out of the premiere of their documentary and, and there's got to be at least uh, at least one more but anyways i think of that when i listen to some of these songs because that was yeah. a movie. i remember seeing that movie in the theater and just being really it, it's it's a striking film it's yes, it's quirky it and it's funny but it's 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 really poignant in a lot of ways too. And this, all these weird things happening, like this guy just playing guitar, playing why, why Bowie songs, why Bowie songs in Portuguese. I think that's the kind of uh, way that Wes Anderson works. He just has an idea. Hey, wouldn't it be neat if there was a guy who's playing Bowie songs in Portuguese? Like, and that idea just becomes, this is in the movie now. I think he kind of works like that. Um, Anyways, um, so before we talk about individual tracks, I just wanted to mention those couple things. Um, ben, how about, why don't we start with you? Because I've been talking, feel like I've been talking for the last five minutes straight. Uh, what, what, uh, anything jump out to you on this, um, on this album when you turned it on? Had you listened to this album before in full? No, this is a no. new album to me. And I, I remember, um, I think I've probably talked about this in one of our other Bowie reviews, but I was on a, uh, a spring break work trip with uh, some college students and um, one of them had a Bowie Pandora station on for our Canadian listen- listeners. Pandora is a, uh, an app that you, you pick a genre or an artist or an album and it'll feed you music that's in that vein. And right. I said, oh, you like Bowie. I, I've always wanted to dig in. And they said, yeah, I like Bowie, but I don't really have any concept of his albums. Oh, okay, it's right. just like they, they, they had come of age in this sort of like streaming music era and didn't even know how to direct me to like to get started. I kind of wish in that moment that this person and I will remember this if someone ever asked me, point point them to hunky dory like i think this is just such a good glimpse of of bowie there's some stuff that you won't have heard before there's some stuff that you will have heard before it's quirky it's fun uh it's it's uh, a little bit more upbeat than some of the other ones that we've we've heard and it's not quite as 
experimental, um, although some of the songs in in honor of other artists are. Um, right. It was fun to start with changes because uh, a radio station here in town um, recently played changes on repeat. I don't know how long they did this, but I tuned in one day uh, because it, it's sort of my go-to when I just want to listen to yesterday's hits kind of music and changes was playing. So I listened right. to it out and then the DJ came on and then changes started again. And I thought that's odd. Maybe they made a mistake. The DJ came on and then changes started again. And I was like, what is happening? And so I, <laughs> I Googled it and sure enough, the station was changing its call sign and while they were in that transition process to get people to the next radio station, they were, they were playing changes on a loop. And apparently this is a thing. This is not new. This is not something that they came up with, but other uh, radio stations have done this in the past. You're Just kidding me. Play changes wow. on a loop as a way to like subtly tell people, hey, something's changing here. Your something's favorite radio changing. station is change your preset in your car (laughs) and uh so i got to this album was like oh sure i've heard this song more times than i care to admit in the last little bit (laughs) yeah yeah um i growing up um i've talked about this a few times um when my parents uh split my dad got his own place um and it was kind of the early 90s, so they had had all, all the music was on mostly, uh, I think, LPs and um, maybe tapes. So my dad got a CD player and yeah. started building his own CD collection. We talked about Columbia House. And, and one of the ones I remember him getting early on was a compilation album. I think it was called Changes Bowie. Oh. And, and I don't know if it was an official one, but it's one you can look up and the first song was changes and it had all his big hits were on it. Um, <laughs> and I really liked it. I, I so much that I copied it onto tape cassette so I could listen Ooh. to it when I came home, I visited him, you know, on the, every other weekend. And I think I lent it to either you or Steve. This was back when we were like in grade eight or grade nine <laughs> and whoever had it gave it back to me. I said, what'd you think David Bowie? And the response was, was kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know who it was. Um, it was probably me because I st- it didn't resonate enough for me to still be struggling with how do I start listening to Bowie uh, many years later. <laughs> um, but I think that, it, I mean, it is kind of weird. Yeah. And especially, like, I bring that up because the opening track here is Changes. That compilation was called Changes. But that compilation, you know, spanned over a number of different albums and as we talked yeah. about this kind of yeah. almost chameleon chameleon like nature not just with his um image and persona but with the music so you're listening to his compilation album and one track to the next are so different uh yeah so uh talking about this album specifically i'm hearing this again as it mentioned as the the blurbs i we lifted straight out of the wiki page this <laughs> melodic piano driven uh feeling of this album is very prevalent except for you know maybe the andy warhol song and the the queen bitch song um most of it especially the first side is is very very melodic beautiful piano playing um and it really drives it i think yeah was it mr deeds that used a lot of bowie in it i feel like there was a a scene in mr deeds where adam sandler sings something along i don't know 
No, he said, well, because they, uh, early on when he, he inherits this fortune and they pick him up in a helicopter and they go up in the helicopter, he starts singing Space Oddity. (laughs) Ground control. And then he gets, you know, the, the, the butler and the, and the pilots all to join in (laughs) as they're flying this helicopter. I don't know if there were more tracks, early but... That's maybe my yeah. earliest memory of like an awareness that Bowie is a thing that maybe I might like and want to dig into a bit more. Oh, I don't know why I didn't go any further than that from Mr. Deeds, but yeah. Huh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Certainly, this album is not without that kind of uh, somewhat dissonant, at times quirky sound we get from Bowie throughout yeah. his career. And yeah, that signature even includes kind of some style. space theme. Life on Mars. Yep, Life on Mars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing now that this is something that happens quite frequently with these artists that are on the list multiple times. But I find myself wondering why did the albums from David Bowie wind up in this order? I, I think oh, okay. I'll, I'll play my hand a little early here, but I like this best of all the Bowie albums we've listened to so far. Really? Okay. And oh, I, I like I, that. I, love that. I think, why why wasn't this one higher? Um, hmm. I, I see value, certainly, in, in the others and have enjoyed them as well, but uh, maybe, maybe there's something about the low sales initially and the way that it hit when it landed. Uh, but I really like this, this album, and... Um, uh, pleasantly surprised by it. I think I've been kind of keeping my eye out for a reasonable priced uh, copy of um, Ziggy Stardust, but I might have to switch that if I'm if my collection's going to include a, a Bowie LP to Hunky Dory. I think I'd actually prefer this one. Yeah, um, it's very good. Uh, I, th- I think mostly uh, easy to listen to. Yeah. Um, easier, to... maybe. Maybe that's part of it. That... Easier. Station to station. Uh, I felt was a little more experimental, um, and that's why maybe it's a little more critically acclaimed, um, and was kind of in that set of a bunch of albums that were kind of all sort of in the same vein, done at the same time. I don't know, but yeah, yeah I think I yeah. think this has a, maybe a little more um, mainstream appeal. Perhaps that's uh, it. I'm I'm just a little bit too soft and not quite as edgy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've talked, you know, aside from changes, that's the big hit off the right. album. But again, say big hit, but it wasn't a big hit. I, I still can't right, get over right. that, that this was just kind of like it came out and it was like nothing, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, there's... But the nods to other artists and the, you know, yeah. Kooks, Kooks I really like. It's a quirky little song. Yeah. It's a way to introduce your child to the world. It's <laughs> such a neat idea, too. To, oh, I'll write you a song about how weird we all are. <laughs> Welcome to the Kooks. Yeah. Um, I think 
think that's what I would say without you know going into detail on every song. I really, really do like it. His his vocal is so good. Yeah. You know, this soaring high vocals. Isn't life on that? You know, just yeah, like yeah. just just great stuff. Um, always been impressed by Bowie's vocal. I think one of the first we talked about some of our first memories. I think one of my first memories of Bowie was being in grade school and having a you know a day near the end or a party near the end of the year where they put on a movie we watched the lap oh sure david bowie being you know a feature in that movie and singing a number of songs in the movie i remember being so impressed with his vocal range i'm not even sure at that point if i knew who he was i think i did i think i knew (laughs) oh hey my dad has 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 you know one of his albums i've listened sure. to his music oh wow he did movies too you know like not really <laughs> understanding kind of the all the history there because i mean the yeah. movie would have already been probably close to 10 years old at that time or at least five years old but um yeah just huh. great a great vocal and um a, a really fun album to, to listen to really good yeah well said yeah um Want to pick a couple tracks for the playlist? Sure. The um, you can go on Spotify, Sound Logic favorites, and we pick two tracks from each album that we review. Put them up there. So, um, are you going first or am I going first? Well, I'll start by saying, uh, at least according to Spotify, there are two two tracks: "Life on Mars" and "Changes," the two singles that are way way like hundreds of millions of listens more than the rest of the album so those are two tracks that our listeners probably already know (laughs) um yeah you can go first if you want i think my choice might be a little quirky so so go for it okay um it gosh it's really tempting to just pick changes because it is so so good it is good and i do like life on mars as well i really like queen bitch it's such a cool vibe. Um, oh man, yeah, I'm. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna pick. <laughs> You're gonna Queen go bitch. With Queen Bitch. Okay, Queen Bitch. It's I'm such gonna a go cool with Kooks. Song. I like the story yeah. that it is. Uh, it's fun. It's um, for his child, and um, I think it's yeah, it's got an upbeat kind of zaniness to it that I that I really enjoy as well. So we'll put those two on for now and then people will know four songs from this album instead of just <laughs> if if you hadn't said that about changes i might have picked it well and i was gonna say life <laughs> on mars might be one of my favorite bowie songs i don't know oh if wow it's, it's it's good it is good i i'm also a fan of flight of the concords i think they've come up a time or two on <laughs> Fan Logic podcast and their bowie episode is pretty great uh, brett thinks that but we actually lived in space for a period of time. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's me, David Bowie, from the music video to Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Dressed up like the clown. Okay. Yeah, that's that's weird. <laughs> but I love it. Um, all right. Um, now, we've picked those tracks. Um, any other comments before we move on? Yeah, so let's move to that. So what's... What's aged well and what hasn't? Oh, I don't know. Bowie doesn't sound like he ever fit in with anything. Like Great. this is not what yeah. rock music comment. sounded like at his when he was in when he was popular, right? Like this is not what everyone else sounded like. So does it stand up? I don't, I, it stands up in that it's someone trying to be 
inventive and imaginative and, and creating something from nothing. Uh, boy, I don't know what I would say beyond that because it is so different than what you'll find in most pop music or rock music, uh, at least among his contemporaries, and even today. Oh boy, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, you hear elements of things happening at the time, but he kind of mashes everything together to make something different. Yeah. It's so good. Um, it's so, so good. Um, I really like what you said there, but like, he, did he ever really fit in <laughs> completely? Like, and, and he was never trying to. He was so I don't genuine, think so. I don't genuine, well, authentic. Um, I've never read any biographies of his. I don't know. Maybe right. he was always wanting to fit in and never succeeded. No. But I, I don't know. With the personas that he took on, I don't get the sense that he was really striving to be mainstream or fit with uh, whatever was popular right. in right. at the time. Um, man, uh, I think for me, the main thing that maybe hasn't aged as well, it's just, and we've talked about this before, it's not even fair, just maybe production quality. You can kind mm. of hear it and go, Here's yeah, some of that. this is, this is, a this is a seventies thing, you know? Oh, I can place snare drum problems. No, I'm okay with the snare here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's all right. They haven't moved to that highly protest kind of uh, uh, sort of process. <laughs> you know, kind of snare that we got in the 70s. I think Floyd did that pretty early on. Um, anyways, um, I guess but the vocalizer. But again, you could put his vocal style in any decade yeah. of the five decades that he produced music. And it's not going to yeah. fit. It's going to be different because it's Bowie, you know, like I just. Yeah. Um, he, he might have fit best as a crooner, like in the sort of uh, Sinatra <laughs> era. Of like, yeah, oh, I don't know. Some of this stuff's pretty wild, but like uh, I think that there are so many elements, different elements on this album in particular mm-hmm. that would fit in different places um, in contemporary music. You know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's the kind of ballady stuff. There's the piano stuff. There's the rockin' guitar stuff, which would fit, you know, with bands today like The Strokes and other bands, you know, the kind of this kind of pop, yeah. punk, or punk, too. punk, indie style kind of floats in and out of popularity for the last, you know, few decades. Um, there's a lot of it, I think, that, that does well, depending on what you like. I think there's a lot for everybody here. So I, th- I think it would stand up well. I th- guess I think... It is still an album. It's not maybe one of his more acclaimed albums. Or Bowie is like so many of his albums. I think are recognized visually first. Everybody knows. Yeah, isn't the... that weird? Maybe it's because we're not huge Bowie fans. I don't. <laughs> no, I think they're just iconic. Like the Aladdin Sane album cover. Everybody yeah. knows that image. It's been it's been redone and copied and parodied. A billion times, you know, TV shows and movies, you know, the lightning bolt on the face. Everybody knows that. Yeah, um, right. Even I don't even know if that album has any singles um, yeah. on it. You know, it, it's but the image. So I think so many the Ziggy album. Maybe we know more songs that the cover I felt I wasn't familiar with when we did it. But there's other yeah. covers, so, covers like Low, Diamond yeah. Dogs uh, that I think the covers are so iconic and this one i think even just the cover is maybe just a little less familiar to people um but i think given the chance there's really a lot of stuff on here for everybody Hmm. so 
So I think uh, a lot of it has aged well. Um, and Dave uh, Bowie is so... You cannot, even if you don't know the song, it's really hard to listen to a Bowie track and not say, that's David Bowie. Yeah. Like, it's such a unique vocal, even the style of music. Um, yeah, and he so, still finds his way. I mean, you mentioned Life Aquatic, which is now several years old, but he still finds old. his way into pop culture, even though he's been... Oh, he's passed away for a number of years now. Yeah. Um, it's still, still there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so this, this is number 88. Um, as you mentioned, Ben, it's the third album by Bowie we've talked about. So three in the top hundred is not too shabby. Not too um, shabby at all. Not a ton of artists, you know, outside of the Stones, the Beatles, uh, um, Bob Dylan, you know, a, a few others. Not a ton have that many in the top 100. He no. might, might be in a very elite group there. Yeah, especially with this newer list. Like, I think that yes. happened more with the older ones. It it did. Yeah, there was less diversity, especially in the top 100. There's more now. Um, but this is his third album. So what do you think about 88th best album ever? I, as I said earlier, I'm a bit surprised that this one's not higher than the others we've listened to, hmm. or at least up in the same ballpark. So I, I'd like to see this one higher. Um it hit me it hit me strongest of the of the ones we've tackled so far so uh yeah count me in the, the crew that that wants more hunky dory <laughs> and uh is a little surprised that it is where it is on this list i huh i'm going to maybe i would put this one higher than station to station okay i wouldn't put it higher than the Ziggy album because I think it's okay. iconic in so many ways. I think there's a few more recognizable tracks there. Uh, <laughs> I would be okay with this just outside the top 100. Um, I don't see the impact necessarily and that's a, a fairly ignorant, uninformed <laughs> statement, but, but you know, it's sure. You know, it's a good album. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, it's, don't see people, you know, toting this album around, the image of it, the talking about it as much as I maybe would from other albums we've talked about. But I, I'm okay with it here. Yeah. Um, most, uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to jump to the next section just because it's relevant here. Um, this is one of five albums uh, on the list. At one point, there was total, if we put every album that's ever been on any version of this list, there's seven. But um, with the exception of the Ziggy album, which dropped down five spots, all the other albums have jumped way up, especially Station to Station, which is 52. It used to be 324. This Hunky Dory album was 108, it's 88 now. And then we're going to talk about two more albums. Low, from 1977, which was 251 up to 206. And then 1980's Scary Monsters, which is number 443. We It hasn't been on any versions of the list. Two more albums, Aladdin Sane, which uh, 
was on the first two versions of the list, but it's not on anymore. And then a compilation album, not the one I was talking about, but another one called Changes <laughs> One, um, was on the first version and the coffee table, but then was dropped off. So if you look at it, <laughs> he's had seven albums total on the on the list at one point in time around. Uh, so we've still got two more to talk about. But yeah, we see a lot of his moving up. Right. Um, which is interesting. I guess the one difference is from when the 2012 list to the 2020 list is was his passing. I think I want to say 2016. Yeah, yeah true. Um, so sometimes an artist passed and because it's in the news, people start listening to their music more. Yep. Um, because it's just, it's... As the kids say, it's trending. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And uh, people go out and they download it or they buy albums or they go, man, I, I haven't really listened to Bowie in a while. You know, so, <laughs> right. or man, I never really pay attention to that. Let me get some albums. So anyways, um, very interesting. Yeah. Um, anything else, Ben, before we wrap it up here? No, I've really enjoyed this. I'm glad to have one more yeah, in a uh, list of albums that I can say I've heard. And uh, yeah. if I ever see that student again, I'll be able to school them now instead of asking them. <laughs> for some Bowie. <laughs> yeah, you're you're three Bowie albums in now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Huge might knowledge. be like like 20% of his catalog, maybe. Right. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Thanks for listening to this album. We got another, of course. Uh, we're not through the 80s yet. Number 89. What do we got coming up next week, Ben? Yeah, boy, it feels like we've been just like <clears throat> experiencing whiplash from the genre pivoting that we've been doing lately. But, <laughs> it's been a lot, um, yeah. <laughs> we're going to uh, an album by Erica Badu, uh, who rose to fame kind of in our prime music listening years in the mm-hmm, yeah. 90s and early 2000s uh, Baduism yeah. is her album that we'll be tackling next time coming up at number 89 on the 2020 list yeah in the another Atlanta artist I think in the the neo soul genre mm, so yeah always mm-hmm. fun to come back to that uh, until that time we hope that you continue to be well we hope that you take care of yourselves and those around you and of course we really hope you'll join us again right here on the Sound Logic Podcast Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you you. next time. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.